The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get. And we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit, FM. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Campion. You are listening to the Miracle of Healing. Today, we have a really great conversation with Dr. Amy Robbins. After the unexpected death of her aunt at a young age, she had a really powerful spiritual transformative experience with the other side. And that sort of propelled her into this long journey of spirituality that has paralleled her clinical psychology work. And now she hosts a podcast called Life, Death, and the Space Between, where um, she really shares uh, her deep wisdom herself and with her guests all about this kind of what happens when we die? How does psychology and spirituality combine? And um, she's got a little really powerful things to say about this. So I'm super happy to welcome you to the show, Dr. Amy. Thank you. It's so great to be here. So let's start a little bit with the experience that you had. Um, What happened? What happened that got you started on this spiritual pathway? So when I was 18 years old, I lost my aunt to juvenile onset diabetes. She had it when she was young and developed, obviously, diabetes and into her older age, which seemed older to me at the time. Now it's about the age I am now, which seems crazy. She was in need of a kidney and pancreas transplant. And so while she was waiting for the transplant, um, they needed to make sure that she was going to be strong enough to withstand the transplant. And when they did all the checkup and everything, her heart had been weakened. So they went in to repair her heart and she died on the table. Um, She was actually 48 at the time. I was 18. It was the first kind of out of order death. I mean, I had had actually, interestingly, friends that had died in like tragic kind of car accidents, things along those lines. But she was really the first family death that didn't fall in line with how you expect people to die. Mm. I was at college at the time. I came home for, I'm Jewish, came home for a very short period of time for the Shiva and then went right back to my life and never really grieved the loss of her um, and the impact that it had on me. And then I'll just fast forward to grad school when I was in grad school for clinical psychology, and I had what I now know was my first visit from her, where she came to me around the time her son, my cousin, was getting married and came with very clear messages. The first one for my mom, she showed me an image of my mom standing at her kitchen sink in her ba- in her standing in her kitchen sink in our kitchen, saying, "Tell your mom I'm going to be there. She doesn't need to worry. I will be there." 
I'll be at the wedding. And then she shared with me another image of my uncle pushing my cousin in a stroller and saying, let him know I hear him when he speaks with me. I hear everything he tells me. Yeah. And so as soon as, you know, I woke up from this dream, which again was the best word I knew to describe it at the time, I called my mom immediately and I shared with her what happened. And my mom started crying and she said, I was at the kitchen sink last night talking to her and I was saying, I can't believe you're not going to be at the wedding. I wish you could be there. And obviously the message from my aunt was she would be, my aunt would be there. It just wouldn't Mm. be in the way we, we had sort of hoped she would be. And then same with my uncle, I called him and shared with him what I had seen. And he shared with me, that is the time I speak with her when I'm out walking or running. I'm, that's when I'm talking to her. And I just said, well, she hears you and she knows that, you know, she hears what you're saying and keep talking to her. And then I sort of, I had a professor at the time. I was, I went into school that day. I found this professor. I explained to her what happened. And she said, uh, I think you had a visit and I think maybe you can start opening up to more. And I kind of dismissed it at the time. And then when my grandfather died, it happened again, which was about maybe five or six years after this first incident. And then it started happening more frequently. It started happening with patients, loved ones. It started happening in sessions where I'd get these downloads or hits of information uh, that I would just speak to, not in a way of your dead mother's here and this is what she's sharing, but I would try to find a way to validate it myself. And then I tried to figure out what is it, what is going on? What is happening? You know, in the field of psychology, they don't talk about these experiences. Not at all. In fact, they, they might like, you know, question your sanity or like want to put you on antipsychotics or, you know, I think it makes them a little nervous a bit when we start certainly. talking to dead people. Right. Certainly. <laughs> certainly when we start connecting with, you know, disembodied entities, it's not typically looked upon quite favorably. No. But, but it really helped heal me. You know, I had a lot of anxiety around death and dying at the time because of this unexpected death and also because of others in my life, you know, some of these friends that had died. And I really found profound comfort in it. And my anxiety that for years I had been in therapy working on dissipated tremendously once I started having these spiritual experiences with those who had crossed over. That's beautiful. You know, and I, I I studied psychology too. Like, so I started my life as a psychic and I was like 19 or whatever. And I just quickly knew, like, I didn't know enough um, to actually help people. People would cry and I'd be like, oh, I don't know what to do. So I went back to school and studied, you know, studied, became a therapist. And so for years, I combined those those two modalities together. And I, I, I really understand the power, like, that we can have when we bring spirituality into our psychological practice. So tell, tell us a little bit about what, what that's been like and um, what happens when you start doing that. Yeah. So for me, it's definitely been a very slow process. You know, I, this happened to me when I was in my early twenties, I'm now in my mid to late forties. So, and really didn't kind of come out until about six years ago when I started my podcast, I sort of would dip my toe in the water with colleagues and just get a sense for like what they thought of this. And it was never super favorable. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was always like, 
what are you kind of talking about there? I mean, no one dismissed me as like this woman needs medication, but I think there was always trepidation. And I never, you know, with my, my own patients, I really look for them to guide as I do when I'm working with them in therapy, right? I'm never putting on, putting my beliefs onto them. So obviously now, because I have a podcast and I'm more out with my experiences, if someone brings to me a spiritual experience that they've had, we certainly dig into it. And and I do ask people about their spiritual beliefs, what they think happens when we die, because I think spirituality is so important. It's such an important part of of our lives, and really has been shown to decrease depression and anxiety um, when people have a spiritual belief system. Mm-hmm. If I do have a patient's loved one who comes to me in session, which happens from time to time, it's not often for me. Um, it, it takes a lot of work for me to connect uh, because I'm not in practice with it often, right. and and so it's not like. I'm one of those people where dead people are just popping in and out all day. I did work with a medium for quite some time to really learn boundaries around that because it was very, it was getting to be very distracting for me and very difficult to live my life. But I will, if I know someone is open to it, say, with your permission, I believe that your father is here and has a message he wants me to share with you. Would you be open to that? But if I have people who I'm seeing who are grieving, who I know this is not their belief system, they do not believe in it, I would not even broach that subject. So I'm pretty closed off to it, I think, when they are, and then their loved ones aren't coming through. Right. And the same with I when I have like past life hits. Again, we can't prove it's true, but I can find a way to say what I'm seeing to help move the person rather than seeing, I, saying, I think you had a past life that was this. Yeah, that's so powerful. And it just feels like maybe being able to loop in the spiritual side of things can bring a lot of comfort, right? Because we have, like you said, we have anxiety about what happens when we die. And mediumship, being able to communicate with our loved ones is so healing, especially if we weren't able to have closure or they died so suddenly that we couldn't connect with them, you know? So I think it can be such a healing thing to do. Well, I think it's a tremendous tool in the grieving process, if you are open to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not as a spiritual bypassing, not let me just connect with my loved one all the time through a medium or whatever as a way to not deal with the grief because there's still the grief. There's still the notion that this person is no longer here in a physical body. And that's important that we have to accept. And I believe that's part of our journey as humans is that we experience loss and grief and sadness and we learn the skills to move through those feelings. And just like yoga, meditation, breath work, sound healing, therapy, they're all tools. Mediumship is a tool to help someone connect to their loved one who's passed, to bring them maybe some to bring them comfort, to bring them connection, to help them know that the relationship doesn't end just because the physical body dies. It looks different. It's Mm -hmm. never going to be the same, but it's not over. Right. I tell all my uh, clients to be in therapy at some point. I feel like really everybody should be in counseling at some point in life. So what do you think is the benefit of, of doing that deeper, harder internal work? 
Well, first of all, I don't think you can say that you're a spiritual person without deeply knowing yourself. In my mm-hmm. definition of spirituality, knowing yourself is the most spiritual thing you can do. Yeah. Knowing what is going to trigger you, what is going, what emotions, how to identify emotions, how to feel those emotions. That is what it means to be a human being. And I think that the benefits of therapy are, I mean, a million fold, right? Improvements in your relationships with yourself, improvement in your relationship with others, health benefits we know from decreasing stress, decreasing cortisol, the impact that 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 has on our overall system, Um, the ability to approach life with a sense of joy and awe and wonderment rather than feeling like you're in a place of victimhood and the world is against you. And then when you can work through a lot of those deeper issues, that's when I believe that the spiritual world really does start to open up to you. Because when we talk about vibration and energy, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about shifting those vibrations and energies. And you can't shift those if you're constantly in the heaviness, what we've deemed more negative emotions Mm -hmm. all the time. It's really hard to be in a place of sadness and connection with spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when I teach um, psychic development, I always say, like, if you're triggered, it's really and reactive, it's almost impossible to get a psychic hit, right? So we need to clear out the triggers and traumas, right? I think clearing trauma is such a powerful thing that we need, we all need to do. We've all had traumas of one kind or another. And therapy is so good at kind of clearing the foundation so we can make those higher connections. So let's talk about trauma a little bit why it gets in the way and what do we do about it? You know, there's been so much talk recently. I mean, mental health has really taken, you know, the forefront, I think, of so many people's consciousness, which is Thank great. God. It's yeah, about time. It's about time. It's about time. Yeah. And trauma. So many people in their lives have experienced all kinds of degrees of trauma. We talk about big T trauma, little T trauma, right? Everybody at this point says, yes, I've had trauma. And and the reality is we all have because that's the nature of being human is there are going to be experiences that are traumatic. That doesn't mean you develop some sort of PTSD as a result of it. It's really how you move through and work through that trauma that determines the outcomes after that. So I always think, okay, when something happens to you, how are you dealing with it? It's not that nothing is ever going to happen to you. It's just impossible. But how are you experiencing that? How are you moving through it? How are you processing it? Because when we're processing it, both in our physical body, how are we moving through it physically, but also our emotional body, those pieces come together. And if you're not processing it, processing trauma emotionally, it will get stuck in your physical body and manifest in other ways. Now, what that means, it's different for everybody. It's different for how people hold their emotions inside. It's different for how they express their emotions. You know, if you're expressing emotions of anger or hurt in a way that hurts others, that's going to impact you. I don't really separate trauma from life. You know, every single person who has walked in my office has experienced troubling, very, very challenging events over the course of their life. 
how they process it and move through it is how they get better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think we all have it. Like I love the big T, little T traumas and, you know, I mean, our traumas are trauma. It's like hard to compare, you know, and sometimes I think we dismiss what we've been through because, you know, we're like, well, it's not what the kid down the street was getting a lot worse. So, you know, you know, we kind of dismiss the impact that that has on us. But I feel like, I feel like counseling and cleaning up these traumas, especially if you want a more spiritual life is, it's just so, so, so important. So let's take a super quick break and we will be right back. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. And we are back here with Dr. Amy Robbins talking about life, death, and the space between and the role that um, spirituality and psychology have together and how really working those things together can lead us even more deeply into a blissful, happy life. So, Let's talk about why tapping into our essence. What is our essence? I love how you talk about that. What is our essential self, really? So everybody's talking about purpose, right? Find your purpose. What's your purpose? I don't think of it that way. I think of what is the what is the essence? What are the expressions of the deepest qualities of our soul? And then when you can tap into that, when you can begin to understand that, whether it's through meditation, whether it's through journaling, through any sort of other healing modality therapy, you start to get into a place of how do I want to express these qualities? Is it qualities of love, kindness, charity, giving, abundance, whatever it is? And then you live from that place. You look at, okay, where is my life? Where in my life can I express more love? And who can I express more love to? Maybe it's community. Where can I build more community and more connections in my life? And then you live a life of purpose because of that. Not because you got some job in advertising and you're, you know, selling sparkling water to the world or whatever it is. You know, that might be your job. And maybe you're expressing the qualities of your essence of creativity through that. But there could be also many ways to express those different qualities. And I think that then you end up having a more fulfilling life because you're looking at all the different areas in which you can express these qualities of your soul that are really meaningful and that bring your life purpose. That's such a beautiful um, explanation. I do think we get hung up on the our life purpose as being a specific job and everyone finds spirituality and then they think they have to quit their day job and like open a yoga studio or open a healing center and become a healer. And really your description of that as, in a, as a quality, like it's almost like a state of consciousness, like an essential mm-hmm. quality of the self, right? 
that we can do no matter where we are, you know, no matter what situation we're in. I love that. I think that's really good. And all the things you talked about, like whether it's therapy or meditation or journaling, all those things help us feel what our essential quality is. How how is it that we forget? Like, how can we, how can we forget our essential self? It seems like, how can that even happen? And yet it does to all of us. Right. Life, because life happens to us, right? I mean, when you look at a child, they are generally expressing qualities of the soul, the playfulness, the joy, the happiness, the sadness, right? I always remember when my kids were little, they're still, I still have one little one, but, and they would um, have like a situation with a friend happen and they would come home and they would say like, oh, I'm so mad at so-and-so. And then the next day they'd come home and they'd be you know, saying, oh, I, I just was out on the playground with so-and-so. And And it's like, wait, but yesterday you were mad at them and they have moved through that. They don't hold grudges. They're forgiving. They're, they're much more free in their soul to express themselves, right? They'll say what they're feeling and then move forward from that. And it's not that they don't, they're not thinking, I'm not going to play with that person tomorrow in the sandbox they're right back at it again. And, and you see that shift start to happen around seven or eight years old where kids sort of lose that deep connection to their soul and then life takes over. And so we all have been that child. And I think it's so important to try to get back to some of that playfulness, that joy, that forgiveness, that love that we had in the sandbox. You know, mm. kid throws a toy at you, you cry, and then you move forward from there. Yeah. I I mean, I think one of the beautiful things about therapy too, is that it can help us learn how to process our feelings. I feel like we stuff our feelings. We don't let ourselves get mad. Spiritual people don't get mad. Good people don't get mad. And so everything gets all kind of stuck in there. And I think therapy is so powerful at teaching us like practical ways to move that emotional energy through us. So we can go back to that kind of fluidity with our feelings and allowing our feelings to arise in the moment in the spontaneous way like they're meant to. Well, and to your point, you know, what you just said, spiritual people don't get mad. I actually think it's the opposite. Spiritual Mm -hmm. people do get mad. Spiritual people do feel sad. Spiritual people have all the range of emotions. They just don't get stuck in them. They don't act out those emotions, right? When I'm angry or resentful, I express it in a way that is helpful. I don't hold on to it. And so I communicate that. I speak to whomever it is I'm feeling that way. Or I look deep within and try to understand, okay, what is this about? Is this about this interaction or is this about my own stuff that I need to work through and sort through? And then you let it go. I mean, you just move through it in however way. I do a lot of yoga. I do sound healing. I do meditation. Like all of those for me are tools to move through. I'm a, I'm a talker. So I process through talking with someone, mm-hmm. all ways to move through your emotions. I love that. So it's, we need this like emotional literacy in a way and that we don't have, it should be taught in grade school or, you know, but it's not, you know, so we have to figure it out as adults when we get anxious and depressed and, you know, feel like our lives are crazy and we have a breakdown and we go to therapy and then we have to figure it out. It's, Mm -hmm. it's um, sad that we go before the breakdown. (laughs) I agree. Yes, totally. (laughs) That's my advice. You know, it's interesting during COVID, 
people would always ask me, oh my gosh, are your patients, you know, is everybody a disaster? And are your patients such a disaster? And I would say, mm. no, 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 no. My patients are great. They're handling this wonderfully because they had been preparing for it. They had been learning all the skills that are necessary when you face adversity. It was the rest of the world. You know, I always say it was like showing up. It was like the showing up for the Super Bowl, never having, having played a uh, practice in football. Right. Yeah. Whereas my patients had been practicing, right? We had mm -hmm. been working together for quite some time. And, and yes, the circumstance was different, but it was about learning to tolerate really uncomfortable, difficult emotions and not get stuck in them. And they were able to do that beautifully. Right. So it's sort of like working on ourselves creates that resiliency and that, you know, emotional literacy and kind of the, the functionality of dealing with life in a more productive way. And I'm, I'm so glad that we're sort of phasing out of that, those days where we're like, oh, only crazy people go to therapy, you know, like that. If you like somehow admitting you need therapy or need help is like admitting some horrible weakness. It's some, you know, shameful thing that we right. hide. And, and I'm so happy to see that, that, you know, the shift in that and this more freedom, there's less shame around mental health issues around if we need help and asking for it and getting it to me, that's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. And when people say to me, like, who do you see? You know, who are your patients? I'm like, mm -hmm. you see me, you see you look in the mirror, mm -hmm. same people, no yep. different than you or I, like there's just it's just us. It's life. Life throws a lot of punches. Yeah. There's no way around it. Yeah. And I think that um, those skills that you teach your clients can help us like be more, I don't know, live more open hearted in the world. So maybe we don't have to be so afraid to like really love people or really take risks, really sort of show up full throttle in our life without holding back out of fear. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And that's what death taught me was how to not be fearful. Right. Sometimes it creeps back in, but doesn't overpower me. That's right. If it does, you know what to do. Like, you know how to kind of, I mean, fear, it's, you know, that's a normal response to danger, right? When fear is an appropriate mm -hmm. response to actual danger. So it, it, it has a purpose. I think when we, you know, use it when we don't know what to do with our feelings and we allow them to hold us back out of our life, that's where we have issues. Mm hmm. I mean, that's my real goal in life is to help other people recognize that spirituality is about the depth of feeling and knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your podcast a little bit. It's a beautiful thing. And you've been doing it for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Almost five years. Five years? Yeah. And it really started because I wanted to, I wanted to show people through through real often scientists that there was legitimacy probably i also wanted to show myself that there was legitimacy to these experiences that what happened to me was not some fluke thing that it, that there are many people who this happens to and mm -hmm. that there is science behind it and and it had since morphed it really started with a lot in the mediumship and near death experiencers and it has really since morphed to looking at death, grief, consciousness, what happens when we die, how we can connect, how to live better now. Um, and so it's covered psychedelics. You know, I've really tried to cover an array of topics, all dealing with 
consciousness and mm-hmm. how we become more conscious in our lives and how we can connect to consciousness even when it's not here anymore, connect to those beings even when they're not here. That's so so cool. it's been, it's been a roller coaster ride, um, in terms of just topics and what I'm, what I'm wanting to bring to the world to give other people the hope and the grounding, real scientific grounding. So when they have these experiences, they can feel like, oh, there's a community of people that has also experienced this. I'm not crazy. This might be here to help guide me. And I think more and more people are becoming more conscious in life, which is amazing to see. It's so beautiful. I love that. So Dr. Amy, where can people find your podcast and where can they find you if they want to know more about you? Sure. You can find me at dramyrobbins.com is my website. Same on Instagram at dramyrobbins. I'm also on Facebook, but less so. Like I probably won't respond on Facebook. So if you want to DM me, do so on Instagram. Uh, I also have my podcast, which is anywhere you get your podcast, Life, Death, and the Space Between. You can also watch it on YouTube. And I am in the beginning phases of working on a book and a course. Mm. So a lot of stuff coming, uh, coming out shortly that I think will be really integrating all of these pieces together is really my goal. It's not just learning how to connect, but learning how to connect and then how to use that connection in your life to, to move you forward, to propel you forward. I love that. I can't wait for your book to come out. Thank you. I look forward to it. Thank you. I'm very excited about it. It's going to be a while, but yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful though. Something to look forward to in life. So thank you so much, Dr. Amy, for being with us today and and, uh, sharing all your wisdom with us. It's been a great conversation. Thank you, Lisa. And thanks all of you for listening. I know you want to subscribe, so go ahead and do that. You're not going to want to miss a single word of anything that happens here. If you want to find me, you can find me over at lisacampion.com. That's my website. I really specialize in working with psychics, healers, sensitives, empaths. We all need some help. If you're feeling sensitive, you probably need some help learning how to manage your gifts, how to open your psychic ability or even how to shut it off. And that's that's my sweet spot. That's what I love to do. So stop by, say hi. And thanks for being here today where we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind Body Spirit FM. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.